for the first time on our Bread of Blue series of podcasts, we've got a, a football league manager with us, and Stephen Schumacher. Thanks very much for your time, because I would imagine you've never been so busy. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit hectic at the moment, as um, being a manager of a League One club is uh, there's a full on. There's a lot going on, a lot of stuff to deal with. Um, being a coach and an assistant manager in League One was tough, but being the gaffer is a whole other level, yeah. Was it always on your radar to be a number one, Stephen? Um, I think so, yeah. I think, you know, when, when you get into coaching your career, you want to, you know, coach at the highest level as you can. I, I loved, I started off at the academy at Everton, as you know, um, and then quickly became a first team coach. And then it's always in the back of your mind, even when you're playing, one day I'd love to be a manager. And for me, luckily, mate, it came really quick. When you're in football, whether you're a player or a manager, it's got to be have boots will travel, and and you could you could end up anywhere, couldn't you? Anywhere in the country, I suppose, wherever the job is, you've got to go. That's right, and that's like one of the most challenging things about being a professional footballer, especially professional footballer in the lower leagues. You know, you don't you only get short term contracts, one and two year deals, so you've got to be ready to pick up sticks and move as quickly as you can. No different when you're coaching, probably more so, because managers' contracts are a lot shorter than playing contracts and can get sacked at any time. So, <laughs> but yeah, we've moved around a lot as in, in my career. My, my little girl, she's only 10 years old and I think she's lived in 11 different properties already, which is wow. crazy. But that's just part and parcel of the job and we wouldn't have it any other way. Just before we move on to Everton, you're at a big football club, aren't you? There's, there's huge potential at Plymouth Argyle. Yeah, it's. Um, it's a brilliant football club, does it's um it has been in the championship uh, not not long ago, ten years ago it was a championship club, but I went through some financial difficulties and went all the way down to League Two, went back up again to League One, got relegated again when me and Ryan took over, uh, and then we managed to get promoted in the first season. It's now an established League One team. We have stabilised in the second season, and this year we're pushing again for promotion. We're we're in and around the playoff places, the the crowds, you get 15,000 at home for the League One team is just, oh, it's amazing. The away support, we we take two and a half thousand away. The away fans are as good, dare I say it, as Everton fans. <laughs> um, but <laughs> They must be good. Yeah, um, they are good, yeah. Honestly, they are, they're outstanding. The only ones you can compare are the Blues, so... Um, so yeah, it's it's a great football club, mate. And as you said, it's got the potential to get into the championship. We're a little bit, you know, far away from it right now with our budget and where we're at. But we're building and we're getting better. You mentioned the Blues there. When did you first walk through the gates of Netherton? I suppose it would be, wouldn't it? Uh, no, no. It was, it was even before that, does the Netherton? Um, it was Belfield back in the day. I was seven, eight years old. Um, walked in for my first trial still remember it to this day roasting hot day being away on a holiday with my mum and dad in Wales in a caravan somewhere and my dad took me up said I had a trial for Everton on the way I still remember the first trial right in front of the old trees as you remember at Belfield and yeah. just outside the car park so yeah I was 8 years old and, and stayed there until I was 20 and played a massive part in my life and loved every single minute of it Would we know anybody that was in the team when you were 8 years of age? Yeah, so Michael Symes, we, we yeah. joined at the same time. Symes, he was the same age as me. Um, Stephen Hussey, who, who got up to a sort of like, um, you know, apprentice level and then a little bit older than that, 
Stephen Beck and all that all started coming in a little bit older when we were probably 11, 12 years old. But yeah, um, it was great. It was, a, as I say, massive part of my life. And Ray Hall, Neil Dewsnip, Colin Harvey, all of them, uh, academy coaches, too many to name them all. But yeah, it was it was brilliant. Loved it. Neil Dewsnip still working with you, isn't he? Yeah, he's still clinging on somehow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's he's um yeah he's good as gold. He's been brilliant as a coach growing up. Um, he was played a big part in us at Everton. Then going to school, senior school at Cardinal Heenan. He was a big reason why we went there, and then. Played a huge part in our development uh, as to get into you know your, your YTS at the time and and then your, your professional contracts. He was a huge part of that. Then he went away and worked for the FA, as you know. And as he was leaving the FA, myself and Ryan were coaching at Berry, so we invited him in for a couple of days and he had a little watch, basically to assess me coaching, if you like, and give yeah. me a few few pointers and a few tips. Um. He managed to stick around for the last six months when we got promoted at Berry, and he was brilliant for us, real good help. And then when we moved down to Plymouth Argyle, we wanted to bring him on board because Plymouth wanted to um, bring in a director of football, if you like, who had contacts, and, and there's no one better than Neil for contacts up and down the country. So we ended up becoming our director of football, and and yeah, he's still a huge part of the day-to-day running of the club and, and still helps me, still nags me. <laughs> every now and again but no he's brilliant yeah we love him lovely guy give him our best uh, just go back to when you were you were developing at Everton and coming through the year groups as you get to 14, 15, 16 people began to know the name Stephen Schumacher you, you were you were a regular in England teams throughout the youth groups does that bring does that bring its own pressure are you aware of that or are you just in your bubble are you just getting your boots ready and playing football and not thinking about it um, yeah, I was aware of it, but I don't think it ever phased me. Um, as you say, I was in and around the England teams at the time. I was highly regarded as one of one of the best players in the country. Um, I, I, was, I was captain of all the England age groups. I, you know, I got a, an, a professional contract at Everton when I was 14, 15. I had um, offers to go to Liverpool. I had offers to go to Man United and West Ham. Um, which I politely refused, especially the Reds, because <laughs> um, I was a blue dad and my family are all blues. I was I was Everton mad, and I, and I felt at the time when I think Walter Smith was in charge that I was going to get an opportunity at Everton. I was only 14, 15 going through it, but I just thought with well, the doors were open enough for me, I've just got to keep going, keep doing what I was doing. As I say, I, I was a midfield player who who liked to tackle, and at that time would have sort of suited Everton's um, play, if you like, but. Uh, yeah, so I remember it, but it was just part and parcel of it. When you're under under 18 England captain, you just think that these days are going to go and last forever. But yeah. as you find out, it, football can change quickly and opportunities either open or they don't open for you. And, and you've got to go and find a career somehow for yourself. And that's what I had to do. Everton got to the 2002 FA Youth Cup final, but it's obviously regularly referred to as Wayne Rooney and 10 others. Did it feel like that at the time? Because even though he was only 16 years of age, it was it was crystal clear that Wayne was heading right for the top very, very quickly. Um, so so we all knew that Wayne was special in the group. Everybody knew. Yeah. But I, I don't think every, anybody honestly would have said 100% Wayne's going to be England's leading goal scorer and one of the best players this country's ever produced. Like We could all see the raw talent. That's just what he had. Um but there wasn't, it wasn't just the Wayne Rooney show and 10 others. So in that FA Youth Cup run, 
You know, Michael Symes played his part. He, he chipped in with big, important goals, especially away at West Ham in the first round. Um, Stephen Beck was a good player for us, could create chances. Um, Alan Mugan was a top player, you know, consistent, honest, hardworking. It was a very good um, team, wasn't it? We, we had a great team and we had a real good goalkeeper in Andrew Pettinger. We had myself and Rob Sutton played at the back that season. We played centre-backs and... And we were solid. We were well organised, as you would imagine, with Colin Harvey. We were a good team. Mm. But yet we had this little kid up front who could score a goal <laughs> out of the blue every now and again. Um, and it was clear that he was better than everybody else because he was 18 months younger than everybody else at the time. Um, but what, what probably went against the rest of the team, after, if you think, is that that was what we were based on. We were all measured against Wayne Rooney. If you weren't yeah. Wayne, you probably wasn't good enough. Yeah. Now, as I said, Wayne went on to be the best player this country's probably ever produced. So that was tough for, for the other 10, if you like, to sort of live up to that expectation. But so I think Aston Villa's team who beat us in the final, I think nine of them went on and played in the Premier League and only one of ours did. So that's probably a bit disappointing. What you say there is, is perfectly pertinent, perfectly true. And I suppose David Moyes had to pick this 16-year-old kid. So he couldn't really pick many other 17, 18 year olds at the same time, could he? Yeah, possibly, yeah. And as I say, he was he was that extra little bit special. So I think three of us ended up getting professional contacts or went in. So David Moyes, if you remember, he came in towards the end of the season, didn't he? Was he like February time when he when he first took the job at, at, at Everton? And and that season we just stayed up. If I remember rightly, he came in and we stayed up. So the next season, when we're all then first-year pros or training with the first team, there was myself, uh, Wayne, Alan Mugan and Michael Symes. We sort of stayed on, if you like. And and Everton at the time, you know, we'd, we'd had a lot of players from Walter Smith's reign and era. And I just think in my position alone, I think there was like seven or eight full internationals, you know, regulars for their country ahead of you. Now, for us to get an opportunity in front of them, that was always going to be difficult. But for Wayne to get an opportunity, if you remember rightly, we didn't. We had Kevin Campbell and Big Dunk at the club, but Wayne was just a little bit different. And, and with strikers, you could always be, you know, get an opportunity um, out of the blue, maybe when you need chasing a goal. But to, to trust an 18 year old midfield player or an 18 year old left back in Alan Morgan to go and play in the Premier League under that pressure in the first couple of years in a job, it was probably hard for David Moyes to do that. And he probably didn't think we were we were quite good enough at the time, which is fine. But what I would say is the where, where it's changed and where it's different now. Like I was 18, 19 at the time, went away on an England tournament to the Euros in I think it was in Austria or Liechtenstein or whatever, and was part of the England England squad in the pre-season. And at the end of that very season, got released by Everton, which which wouldn't work. That wouldn't it wouldn't work like that no. this day and age. So so yeah, wrong place, wrong time, as in the Everton career, if you like. But but still, if I hadn't left Everton when I did, I wouldn't have gone on and played nearly 500 games or, or whatever it was. So, Did you have some sort of relationship with David Moyes? Yeah, I, yeah, I had a, well, a decent relationship, as, as much of a relationship as you can have as a young player with, you know, in the first team squad. Um, Alan Irvine was top draw, Jimmy Lumsden, I remember, had loads of time for us. But a lot of the time, and, and it happens now, and, and now I'm a manager, I can sort of see it. You have your young players who who not necessarily you really want to train with your first team group because you know the standard might not be quite as good or there's just too many numbers. So the easiest way 
to deal with it is to let the young lads sign on their own. And that was tough. And it was just, again, circumstances. We had so many players. We had full internationals, Scott Gemmell, Mark Pembridge, Lee Carsley, Tobias Linderoth, Alex Nayako, Lee Tai, <laughs> Thomas Graveson, yeah. you know, Nicholas Alexanderson. There's just lads at Eddie who, who they're always going to train before a young kid from the academy is. So timing was 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 difficult, but no, no, no hard feelings. And when um, when I was told I wasn't getting a contact, I was disappointed. My dad was gutted. He, he couldn't go back to Everton for years. It, it made him feel sick. But for myself, I just thought, well, this is an opportunity to go and prove people wrong. And as I say, went on a half-decent career. Not everybody does that, Stephen, do they? A lot of young players get released by a Premier League football club and f- fall out of love with football or they get crushed. Did you walk out of Belfield and think, right, I'll show you. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go on. I'm gonna play. I mean, you said half decent career. It was a. It was a very good career. You played nearly 500 professional games. Was it always part of your persona to to say, right, okay, it's not. It hasn't worked here. But I tell you what, I'm gonna be a footballer. Yeah, I think so. That was me character, Daz. Um, that year, I know. I, I remember sitting in front of David Moyes in the office when he told me he wasn't getting a contract, and I said to him, it's. It, Caught me out by surprise, really, how, how fit everybody was. Like, first full year time with the first team, how fit and how strong and how powerful all the lads were. The ones who, who I'd watch as a fan and go, he can't move and he can't do this and he can't do that. Then you're up against them every single day. It was it was a bit of an eye-opener. So I knew I wasn't physically right in that pre-season. As I said, I went away in an England tournament. So I was playing for England, so I wasn't a slob. But I wasn't... Probably didn't do enough, and I had a two-week break, and then came straight back into pre-season training with Everton, and it was just too much for me. So I said that to David Moyes. Look, I wasn't right physically, and I said, but I know what I need to do next year now. And he said, well, look, you're not going to play in my team, so for your own, if you don't create, better for you to move on. So I went, I went okay, then, and that gave me a little bit of a drive. It no hurt, killed me leaving Everton. So I went away that summer and trained as hard as I ever did, and I went to Bradford. Me and Michael Symes went on trial at Bradford City, both got released at the same time. And um and we smashed it, we smashed the running. Again, we were then coming from a Premier League team, going into a League One team, physically ahead of everybody else. And for the next few years or after that, became a box-to-box midfield player that I should have been at Everton, but mm. just didn't really get the opportunity to do become a box-to-box midfield player who could score a goal. And um and yeah, just that one extra year might have made a big difference, but at the time, again, financially, things were different back then at Everton. Yeah, yeah. You know, a 500 quid a week for a kid who was coming through the academy mm-hmm. was probably a lot to spend out. You'd need that for somebody else. So, yeah, things were a lot different. You enjoyed yourself at Bradford City, didn't you? Yeah, we did. Yeah, it was great. We had three good years, uh, three good seasons there. Me and Michael played together for two years and then he went on loan to Leighton Orient and a few Bournemouth, I think, a few other places. But it was good, but it was just men's football, does, and that's all you want to do as a young kid. You want a chance mm-hmm. to, um, you know, to prove yourself and show people like you can play football. I had a couple of sniffs while I was at Bradford to get moves to the championship. Plymouth Argyle actually put a bid in for me, and Bradford turned it down. And uh, and Ipswich was another option, but but again, it was just a way to. I was earning a living. I was playing a game that I loved, and, and as you say, yeah, start of. Of a, of a career that spanned whatever, 10, 12, 13 years, whatever it was, yeah. 500 games, and, and some of them were at Berry. I just want to ask you about Berry. Obviously, the situation at Berry affected everybody with the, the remotest interest in football. How, how, how bad did it get? What was the what was the lowest point? I mean, you've played for Berry, you've captained Berry, scored goals for Berry, coached at Berry. What was the what was the what was the worst part of it, Stephen? 
probably getting the water turned off in the building. The lads can't get a shower. That was that was how serious it got. It was um yeah, it was eye opening to us. And as you say, being a player there for Berry, I um I was there under the previous owner before it all sort of went to um went a little bit west, if you like. So when I played there, there, there was a fella there called Brian Fenton and he and he was the chairman and the owner. And Berry were what they were. They were um you know, a, a lower league club, League Two at the time, um, paid half decent wages for League Two, but not great. It was just the middle of the road. Um, honest, hard work and young lads who were going there with a point to prove. That was sort of when I left crew, that was my again another, another story. That's that's the type of team that we had. And we got went from League Two into League One, um, stayed in League One in the second season. In the third season, Brian Fenton sort of said that he was running out of money. He sold Ryan Lowe to Sheffield Wednesday, sold a few of our top players to one other one to Sheffield Wednesday, um, and a couple of people moved on. So we struggled in the third season. I, I done really well in the third season. I got 10 goals from midfield, and we had no nobody else. Once we lost Lowe's goals, we kind of didn't have a goal scorer, so we were struggling. Kevin Blackwell was the manager at the time, and he said, look, there's this new owner that's coming in called Stuart Day, and he's saying that. He's going to get Berry in the Championship in five years. And I'm saying, come on, Kevin, we're going to get relegated out of League One into League Two. It's going to be a big ask to get Berry into, into the Championship. And he said, well, that's his plan in five years, but I'm not sure how legit it is. He said, but Fleet would have been in for you and they want to offer you a good contract. Um, they're coming up through the leagues, they're going into League Two, got a chance to get into League One. Do you want to go? I said, well, not really. I like it at Berry, but... You know, what, what are you advising me to do? He said, well, we need the money. So Fleetwood have bid whatever they bid. It wasn't a lot of money, but Berry needed the money. I said, okay, well, I'll go. So I left and went to Fleetwood. And then I watched Berry then change from being a League Two club, if you like that, with average payers, yeah. to bringing in players that you're hearing stories, like the likes of, and Vaughan will know better than me, Jermaine Beckford will know better than me, um, Harry Bunn. There's, there's lads who are on contracts that I'm going to myself, what? How are Betty FC paying contracts like that Yeah. when they're still only getting 3,000 fans? And I know what that club, what it brings in commercially, you know, what it brings in. Yeah. They must have had some sort of mad investment. Now, as it turned out, that owner didn't have, or he did have the money at the time and, and probably didn't spend it wisely enough. So a few years later after my career ended and I, and I went back coaching there, Ryan was then the manager. So I said to him, what's been going on here? And he said, it's been a nightmare. For five years, they haven't got to the championship, gone back to League Two. Um, sorry, we're in League One when I first went in there with them. We're in League One. Looks like we're going to get out, go out of League One again. He said, um, but the owner has said, he's not doing that anymore. He's not spending five, six, seven, eight, whatever they were paying grand a week on players. They're going to do it the way we used to do it. So we were like, great, let's let's do it. We brought in players on average league two wages. Um, we still had a few good players there, but they were already on contracts. And we got promoted from league two. And I went in that around the January time in, in league two, Stuart Day sold the, the club to another, uh, another owner. And as soon as he sold the club to the other owner, the, the players stopped getting paid. So from January in that season till the end of that season we were relying on the PFA to pay wages lads uh, as I say the, the water was getting shut off in the building cooks weren't getting paid chefs weren't turning up it was just absolute carnage and uh, how do you motivate managed. players? personal pride does yeah it was saying to them look whatever's going on 
you'll forget about this in a few months' time. Not like everyone was a bit short, everyone was scrimping. I had to borrow money off my man and dad, whatever you had to do to get through the months, the six months. We're only getting like fifty percent wages off the PFA when lads have got mortgages and bills and cars to pay for. Yeah, but we had to. We just had to say to the lads, come up the line. Look, you'll forget about this in five, six months when you've all got another contract. But no one will ever take another promotion off your CV. So we were playing some good football. We had a great team. We were flying in the league. We were playing a style that everybody was like coming to watch. So let's just go for it. Like let's forget all these behind. Like it was, it was us against them, the board and whoever the, the owners were against the football team. And and we ended up winning. We ended up getting promoted. And and yeah, unfortunately that summer it, it went bust and it was devastating. Yeah, that's some training course for a, a would be manager, isn't it? it's been honestly Daz it's been the maddest four years of my life you would never believe it I could write a book but it's like the things that you see um, the things that you have to go through um, as you said it's experience it teaches you lessons but I think if you're just true to yourself and you get your head down and keep working hard then eventually good things happen to to good people Do any situations crop up either on the grass or off the grass when you think what would Taft do? What would Andy Holden do? What would they, what would Andy Holden say? Or what would Moisey say? Or what would Moisey do? Yeah, all, all the time. Um, being an Everton player, being Everton through and through, you you have these values in you where no matter what the situation is, no matter what um, the circumstances are, you go in, you work hard every single day, and you give it your all. Mm-hmm. And if you don't do that, then it's not good enough. So we have them values all the time. The way we plan for, even with Neil, then who's just came in, um, the way we plan sessions, the way we speak to players, the way we're honest with people, that's just been instilled with us from from a young age. So, yeah, tough. And that was <laughs> with characters. Um, but yeah, take, still still work and, and breathe and, and do everything the way, the way I was brought up. It's all you know. So I don't think that'll ever change. Plymouth Argyle currently in League One. Seven teams in League One have played in the Premier League. It's probably never been tougher to get out of League One, has it? No, it's... Um, I didn't know there were seven teams in the Premier Wow, yeah. You know, there's some... Um, yeah, there is. There's some big, massive budgets in League One, some big, huge clubs. And it's brilliant as we're in... Um, we're enjoying the challenge. We're in, we're in the fight to to try and get promoted but not far outside the playoff places now with a couple of games in hand but like my first game as the manager was MK Dons away from home live on Sky second <laughs> game was away from home at Sunderland so in front of 35,000 at the Stadium of Light and just in it and then I think my third or fourth game was away from home at Sheffield Wednesday in front of 25, 30,000 but that's what you want as a as a coach as a player they're the games that you want an experience and make the most of it and relish it. But but yeah, but there's some big clubs in there with massive budgets. We have we've probably got, I don't know, the sixteenth biggest budget in the league at the moment and we're you know we're seventh or eighth, whatever we are. So we're, we're doing really well. We've just got to try and keep competing with them and keep fighting with them as long as we can. You've always had a good way about you, Stephen. You've always stood up to a challenge and I'm sure this is the first step on a on, on a long and successful managerial career, and you'll always look back at the ground in that the Everton Academy gave you, won't you? Hundred percent. It was funny actually. We um, we were we were playing Chelsea, weren't we? A couple of weeks ago in the FA Cup fourth round away at Stamford Bridge. It was my tenth game in charge as a manager, <laughs> and um, 
yeah, I know it's just it's crazy. We've beaten Birmingham City away from home again. I think out of my first twelve games as a manager, ten of them were away from home, which was just again madness, bizarre, but just the way it happened, the COVID situation, games getting cancelled and whatnot. So um so yeah, I'm preparing for the Chelsea game. So we, we beat Birmingham City in the third round away from home, one nil after extra time. We draw Chelsea on the Sunday. I was in St George's Park with pro license. And then obviously the text messages started firing through. And Paris Bateman and Peter Cavana, who were working with and um, coaching, they were like my little group. It was me, Paris, and, and Cav and Tom Keane. He was sort of our phase leader, if you like, at the academy. Yeah. The pair, we still got a little um, group chat going on. The two of them text me straight away after the game, Paris and Cav, saying, oh my God, you've gone from managing against Burnley under 11s to the <laughs> Champions of Europe in four, in four years. So. <laughs> And I, I, you just have to laugh. You just think, you know what? That's that is football. That's how yeah. how mad it can change. That's how quickly it can all develop. But but yeah, we're still um, being part of that Everton Academy as a player and as a coach. It was it's played a massive part in my life. Yeah. Just finally, I saw a lovely photograph on the pitch at Stamford Bridge of yourself and Neil Dewstep, who was obviously at the Everton Academy. Mark Hughes, who's working with you now, and Anthony Barry, that was working at Chelsea. So yeah. four connections to the Everton Academy, which is fantastic. Yeah, it's it's brilliant. Um, there's loads of good coaches. There's been obviously loads of good players that have came through the academy, um, and that needs to continue. We need to keep getting loads of young players uh, into the team for Everton as much as we can. And if you don't make it in the in the first team, then like Uzi, who, who did play obviously in the Premier League, but when had an unbelievable career in the football league, and now he's on his journey being a coach because. Again, it always go back to it's the ground and that you've had, it's the upbringing that you've had. If you've got good values and you work hard, then you'll have a chance. Stephen, thanks very much for your time. I know it's uh, fairly busy being a football league manager and we wish you well. <laughs> All good. Thanks, Daz. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Thank you.